0: It's Friday, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show. Anything goes Friday. Yeah. Friday. Gary Gatehouse. Let's go! Well, I hope you're all having a great Friday wherever you at in God's big, beautiful world. Beautiful day down here in South Texas, sunny, uh, not a cloud in the sky, probably about, oh, I don't know, 68, 70 degrees. You can't beat it. You just can't beat it. Christmas is right around the corner. I guess when Santa Claus gets to Texas, he's just going to have to catch a cab because his sleigh just don't cut it down here. Unless it's got wheels on it, you know. Hope you folks are doing good. How are you all doing out there? I'm doing great. Having a great day. Just, uh, you know, kind of hanging out. Kind of, earlier today, I was kind of messing around with my uh, old car that I work on all the time, my old hot rod, kind of getting everything's up to date and just a little bit more working on the brakes right now, trying to get those brakes all up to stuff so I can stop that sucker after like a 125, 135 mile an hour split down the road just to see if the motor's uh, working right. You know, ladies and gentlemen, over the last, what is it, last two or three weeks, we've devoted most of our airtime strictly to talking about Muslims, Islam, the attack on America, the attacks on Europe. You know the drill. If you listen to my show, you know the whole drill. We've covered it from A to Z. We've talked about everything that the Islamic religion presents to us Westerners, as far as negativity goes, which is, it is all negative. There's nothing positive about it. You know it, I know it. The only people that haven't figured it out yet are the dolts on the left, the liberals, the socialists, the Marxists, the progressives, the communists, the politically correct, and the heads of state of every damn country in Europe and across the pond here in my country, the United States of America. They just haven't figured it out yet. What Islam, what Muslims present to us. What they hand us. what the How they look at us. They don't look at us as superior or equal or whatever people. They look at us at the term they use as infidels. Non-believers. Non-believers of their phony religion. Non-believers of that phony SOB, Mohammed. They got this all, kicked it all off centuries ago. And these people in the Middle East, well, they bought into it. Uh, hand over fist, they just fell in love with the Islamic religion. Because, you know, I kind of figured it out with those people over in the Middle East. They, uh, If you look at each culture, and you look at the Sunnis, and you look at all these other tribes running around in the Middle East, they've been fighting each other tooth and nail since day one. And they don't give a damn who they kill, who they wipe out, they just want to kill people. And it's been that way since Muhammad signed the book, autographed the book. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you read the Quran, if you read what it says, and then you listen to all these imams and what is coming out of their evil mouths, and what they preach to their congregations inside those mosques, you can imagine, you can just imagine what is really instilled into the hearts and minds of the people who pray five times a day, read the Quran, have that book. The only book in the Muslim library is the Quran. There's no other book, just that one. Because it tells them. It tells all Muslims how they can live the life of Islam through that book, the Quran, From the time they're born to the time they die, it tells them everything they must do to live and to die. And to go to heaven as they see it. And the fast road, the fast trip, the fast lane to go into heaven in the eyes and the minds of those people who follow Islam and the Quran is go out and kill a few people, be a martyr, and you get your 72 virgins. Hey, do you know, all you guys out there, ISIS, there's a rumor going around that those 72 virgins, whether it is loaded with STDs, I'd watch out if I was you. But if I was going to take myself out with a bomb or something, I'd make damn sure I got me some condoms and I wrapped them up in a bomb-proof package that I could take with me. (laughs) Pathetic. Pathetic, 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 PATHETIC! But that's the way it is in America. That's the way it is in Western Europe. Most people over there who walk the floors, walk the streets, go to work, go home, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. Or they don't want to get it. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, today, or yesterday, actually, Obama got up in front of God and everybody in front of television after going to one of the uh, main deterrents of Islamic... Terrorism here in the United States. An agency that was formed after the attack, 9 11 attack here in the United States that killed 3,000 people. He went up there and he visited and he had a look around and he, he came out and he gave a little speech. He, uh, he got in front of the TV cameras he said, You know what? Uh, we'll be doing all this here stuff we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And you don't have to be as scared all you American loonies out there that think that Islam and all this other stuff is going to get you there. Religion of peace. Now listen here. I've got it under control. After all, ISIS and is nothing be it be nothing but a junior varsity. Hard. You don't even show up on my radar screen. Truth of the matter is, Obama very seldom listens to the warnings, etc., that come out of the intelligence community. Every once in a while, he might get a briefing. I guess in between golf games or patting his fellow liberal minions up in Congress on the tutu. But you know, folks, when he gets up and he spews all of that liberal socialist pablum out of his mouth, it doesn't mean a damn thing. He doesn't say nothing. I mean nothing. He's full of crap. And we've caught on to it, finally, here in America. We finally realize that that man in the Rainbow House, formerly the White House, that man in the Rainbow House and all his minions, his whole cabinet, all a bunch of bootlickers and ass kissers, we have finally figured it out. The American people, most of us anyway, Oh yeah, that's there. There's that 30 to 40 percent that still side with Obama, still side with Hillary, John Kerry, Nancy Pelosi, all those Chuckie Schumer, all that damn bunch that hang their hat on the Communist Democrat Party and the Republican National Committee and the Republican leadership. They're all in bed together, all behind closed doors, probably playing teddy winks and pa- patting each other on the tutu and having a few cocktails. They don't give a damn about us. They could care less. But America has finally figured it out. America has finally figured it out. Now I want to go over some recent polls that were released oh just today. or with, it was yes, Actually it was yesterday. Latest poll results as of December 17th, 2015. Now we look at the Republican Presidential Nomination Poll. Ran by ABC and News in the Washington Post. Now, do you think you're going to get a fair shake when it comes to reporting? Who do they talk to? Do they call up and say, well, we're from ABC and uh, we're from uh, Washington Post and I want to talk to y'all conservatives. Nah, they don't do that. They know who they want to talk to to get the right Ratings on the polls? Well, anyway, the polls, Trump at 38, Cruz at 15, Rubio at 12, Carson at 12, Bush at 5, Christie at 4, Kasich Kasich at 2, Freon at 1, Paul at 2, Huckabee 1, Graham 1, Patak or whatever whatever his name is, 0, Santorum 0. Trump up 23 points. Pataki, that's what I was trying to say. Another poll, the Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus from Loras College, wherever the hell that is, somewhere up there in Iowa out in the boondocks. They got Cruz at thirty, Trump at twenty-three, Rubio at eleven, Carson eleven, Bush six, Paul two, Froyonier or whatever the hell name is three, Christie zero. Blah 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 blah. Cruz up by seven. Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus. Cruz, 25, Trump, 28, Rubio, 14, Carson, 10, Bush, 7, Paul, 2, and then the rest of the midgets. General election. Now, here comes one from the ABC News, Washington Post. Now, if you believe this, I got a piece of property that's under the ocean that would make a nice place to go get some suntan. General election. In the general election, this is how it pans out in the eyes of the ABC News and Washington Post propaganda machine for the Democrat Party. Trump versus Clinton. Clinton 50, Trump 44. Clinton 50, Trump 44. Clinton's got 15 to 18 felonies hanging over her head. And the American people still want to put that sleaze bag in the White House? Well, according to ABC News and Washington Post, hell yeah, they do! Well, if that's the case, then we know that these individuals that back Clinton want to put her in the White House, we know that they're just as sleazy, just as immoral, and lack of a moral compass as Clinton herself. Presidential Obama jo- uh, job approval, approved 40%, there's that 40%, disapproved 54%, congressional job approval, this is the one that jumps out and should grab everybody by the throat. It should grab Paul Ryan and that whole damn bunch up there in the RNC, that whole damn bunch in Republican leadership, congressional job approval. Americans that approve what Congress is doing, 16%. Americans who disapprove of what Congress is doing are not doing, 77%. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, when you talk about the whole scheme of things, when you talk about our country being led by a bunch of dolts that really don't give a damn about America, we the people, they really don't. They stick their finger right in our face and say, screw you! And they go on about their business of screwing us. And they say to themselves, well, what can they do? They dare not vote me out. I'm the ones that are giving all this welfare and crap out. They ain't going to vote me out. And when we talk about the Congress protecting us, the security of the United States of America, the security of you, me, your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, uh, your kids, your grandkids, that is their job. That is the most paramount job they have is protecting the American people, the security of our country, the security of our borders. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. You know, down here in Texas... You go down to the southern border, and you'll here. "Hey, Señor, here's ten thousand more little kids coming up from the South American continent. They want into your, they want into your land, so you can go in. And you, you know, your American people can pay for all their things. Then they can get on the phone and call their moms and dads and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and go fishing cats and dogs and tell them to come here too." And Obama says, yeah, come on in. Yeah, come on in. We got some buses over here. We're going to put you on them buses. We're going to run you all over the country and put you here and put you there. Then here's some money to call your mom and dad up. Tell them to come on down. Thank you, senor. I love you, Obama. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you get kicked in the teeth. That might happen once, right? The next time the guy comes around and kicks you in the teeth, you're going to be ready for him, Right? If he tries to kick you in the teeth the second time, you protect yourself, right? Well, when it comes to Congress, it doesn't seem America gives a damn. They've been been kicking us in the teeth and in the groin and in the backside, in the head, beating us over the head with political correctness, whatever, for years. And the American people on those issues don't say a damn thing. Oh, yeah, there's some that do. There's some that do. But the majority don't. They're too busy playing their damn Halo games, watching reality TV, watching a bunch of guys run up down a field with a pigskin under their under their arm, whatever the case may be. Well, it's going to bite us in the ass. It's going to bite us in the ass and it's going to take a big chunk out of our backside someday. Do you think 9-11 was bad? Hold on to your boots. Obama's selling us out. Congress is selling us out. And ISIS knows it. ISIS knows our borders are open. We've left the southern door of our house, America, wide open. Come on in. We'll pay for anything. And while you're at it, if you want to come in and bomb us and blow us up, well, come on in. We don't care. Congress don't care. Obama, I think he wants it. He wants all this disruption, all this turmoil, all this chaos. I don't know about you, but uh, this is a Friday that a lot of stuff in Gary Gatehouse's mind has finally come to a head. I'm just freaking fed up with the government, with that sleazebag lying immoral piece of you-know-what that lives in the Rainbow House for only the White House, and everybody attached to him, everybody attached to both political parties. Less one, Mr. Ted Cruz Stand by ladies and gentlemen We've got to take a break for station identification A few messages that you've got to listen to They're very informative And the Phyllis Schaffrey Report And then we'll be right back to talk a little bit more politics Talk a little bit more about what's going down in the world You don't know what Gary's going to do I might throw anything into the mix It's Friday, Anything Goes Day On the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show We'll be right back You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, pro-family leader, and author of 25 books, including the best-selling A Choice, Not an Echo. And now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly.
2: Liberals in favor of an open-door immigration policy with Latin American countries love to paint the picture of Hispanics trying to get into our country who only want to seek the American dream for themselves and their children. The truth is that even second- and third-generation Hispanic immigrants are not merely as likely to achieve upward mobility as white Americans. The unemployment rate for first-generation Hispanic immigrants is 10%, but that percentage jumps to 21% for third-generation Hispanics. That means that the longer Hispanic families stay in America, the worse off they will likely be, and the greater burden they will be on American tax-paid welfare benefits. According to the American Community Survey, The first-generation Hispanic men are 27% likely to be in prison. That should be a red flag to Americans concerned about the effect of immigration on our country. Unfortunately, it gets worse later on. When a man of Hispanic descent is actually born in America, they are 157% more likely to go to prison. This is a problem that should concern every American. Every year, thousands of people from Latin America are let into the United States legally and countless more come illegally. America has no reason, much less any obligation, to offer citizenship and its many benefits to these people. Prior to 1965, America only took immigrants who could prove they had a plan to support themselves and not become a burden to U.S. taxpayers. When Ted Kennedy's 1965 immigration reform went into effect, all that changed. As we are starting to see the second and third generation effects of these changes, Americans should be warned that these policies are not good for our country and very expensive.
1: You can send a clear message to Washington on the topic of immigration and stay informed yourself by contacting your senator's office and requesting they send you a copy of the Immigration Handbook by Senator Jeff Sessions. Let both of your senators know you care about this issue by calling them directly and asking for the Immigration Handbook. On behalf of Eagle Forum, thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
3: are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council.
4: I'm Marie Osmond. Choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at goredforwomen.org.
0: Hey, I don't know about you, but it's Friday, and like I said, anything goes. Throw anything into the mix. How about a little music from across the pond? How about a little bit of singing with a little bit of a British accent? Love this woman's voice. Laura Brannigan. City light,
5: painted girl. In the day, nothing matters. It's the night, ton of flattery. In the night, no control. Through the wall,
0: something breaking. Wearing white. Hey, I'd like to give a shout out to all my mates over there at Restoration Radio International. <laughs> All you folks that kind of hang around up there on Facebook, you know who you are, old Paul Simon, uh, Michael Pierce, and Alan Pump, Kim Holgrave, Bruce Reicher, Colin uh, John English, I think that's your name, Tony Bugle, Jerry Riley, David Weissman, and my mate, my friend from across the pond over there in London, Mr. Stephen Lang. Hope you're having a great day over there in the great city of London, Mr. Stephen Lang riding around in all those taxis, drinking all that beer. <laughs> oh, Stephen, he leads a life for Riley over oh, there. He does. Got all that money, got radio stations, got beer coming out of Jing Yang. What a life. If I
4: haven't got the will to try and fight against the new tomorrow,
0: so I guess I'll just believe it, but tomorrow never will come some of your names... I'm in the Buster the Davis. Davis? Yeah, yeah, Buster. How you doing? Steven English! Yeah, how you doing, Steven? Anthony Parsons. I know you're up there hanging around on Facebook all the time. You and, uh, oh, I don't know, Carl Smith, one of my compadres down here in South Texas, down in Texas, all up there on Restoration Radio International Facebook. You folks out there that listen to the show... On Restoration Radio International, the Gary Gatehouse radio show on the weekends, during the week. Hey, go up there on Facebook if you're a member and join Restoration Radio International. There's a lot of great folks up there, a lot of good blokes from across the pond, over in Europe, over in England, and the USA. How you doing, Scarlet? Hope you're having a great day. I know you're... And all the members and staff of freedominamericaradio.com, Mr. Billy Van Horn, owner and operator and all his staff, I hope you're having a great day. And I hope you're ready for Christmas here at Gatehouse, isn't it? I'm not. I haven't even started shopping. Oh, I did a little bit the other day, just a tad. But I'm not finished. I am going to get out there with the crowd and rub elbows with the last of the procrastinators. Hell, on the 23rd, maybe the 24th. That makes it interesting, right? (laughs) Merry Christmas to y'all. Happy New Year to y'all. That's a little ways off. I don't give a darn. Happy New Year to you anyway. 2016. The year that will live in infamy. To quote uh, a president from the past, infamy. What are we going to do in 2016 that's going to be positive? Are we going to elect a patriot? Are we going to elect an American that's finally going to stand up for we the people who will occupy the White House the way it should be occupied and change it back from the Rainbow House to the White House? It's up to you, America. It's up to you. 2016, man. Long comes January of 2017, and at SOB in the White House is out of here! Man, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Been a thorn under my saddle since the day he was in- installed in the White House, the coup of 2008. Barack Hussein Obama Jr. <laughs> Yeah, it's Friday. It's crazy Friday around here. I've got uh, two guys. You probably, you people listen to my show all the time, you know that I have a couple of yokels that come into the studio every once in a while and drink all my damn beer. What seems like they were in here the other day, I wasn't here. And I came in here, and there. Well, I have a couch over in one side of the, of the area here in the studio. Where people can come in, sit down, and listen to the show as it's going on. Uh we can sit here and talk politics after the show, whatever. I got a refrigerator and a, a few computers and some games and stuff like that, I think, mess around with. And these two yokels that live down the road from me, you know who I'm talking about, Billy Bob and Carl. Well they came in here the other day, I wasn't here, and I came in later on that day to get something. I forget what it was. Or a CD or something. And on the floor by the couch was an empty box of Twinkies. 24 Twinkies. Empty, and all the wrappers opened up and thrown on the floor, and there was about a half a case of Lone Star Longnecks sitting next to the couch, and a note on the couch from Billy Bob and Carl to Mr. Gary Gatehouse. Merry Christmas, Mr. Gatehouse, thank you for letting us use your couch. We enjoyed listening to your music that you provided here in these CDs and the player, and we enjoyed all these Twinkies and beer. See you later. (laughs) Well, these guys, I got them today, and they're sitting over there, and they are laughing at me, and I can't tell you the signals they're giving me. You guys are obscene, man. But uh, I have been asking them. I've been asking them for, oh, I don't know, four months now, five months. I keep asking them, when in the hell are you going to get, you guys going to get back on the air? Because I get emails all the time asking me to ask Billy, Bob, and Carl when they are going to bring their half-hour radio show back on the air because people want to know. They want to listen to you guys. You understand that? You've got a following, and you don't care. Well, but I gotta do care. But but I got some work I gotta do all the time. I ain't got time to be messing with that dang radio. You know that, Gary. Well, listen, listen, Billy Bob and Carl. If you're not going to continue with your radio show, why don't you tell your fans so they can move on? Keep keep it straight with them. Don't let them hang. hang okay. Well, I guess so, I guess we we need to talk about it. Maybe we can get the show going after the first of the year, but we got all them damn cows out there. we gotta gotta be checking for everything, brands and giving them shots and all that, so I don't know all I'm asking is Billy Bob, see Billy Bob's the leader of the two, Carl, he don't care. Just give him a just give him a Lone Star and a Twinkie or a Honey Bun or whatever, and that's all. He don't care. He does whatever Billy Bob tells him to do. Okay, Billy Bob, I'm going to tell these folks right now on the air, okay, that you are going to do a show or shows starting with the new year, 2016. Do you buy into that? Do you support that? Will you do that? you well, uh what do you think color you think think we can uh think we can do them damn shows again cool we let them know man I don't know uh, 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 yeah 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 we can do that we can do that. yeah 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 all right then we've got it settled folks all you folks that keep sending me emails about those guys you heard what they said they're gonna do shows starting the new year 2016. Now, I know they're full of stories. They always—they have a truckload of stories they're always tell, talking about. And they always go down to that damn dance hall down there, the city hall bar. And I swear to God, if I haven't heard one story from the sheriff of the county out here about those two guys, always getting into fights, always causing trouble, always, I don't know, circumventing the law, just a couple of outlaws. Just a couple of outlaws. That's all I can say about the good guys, though. They are. They're really good guys. Now, to get back to the... Oh, I don't know. The messages and talk of the day. The issues of the day. Now, in my monologue, I was talking about Barack Hussein Obama Jr. And his complete disdain for the American people. His complete sellout of the American people. We the people. You know, we the taxpayers. The people that pay the bills. In a republic, we should have some voice. But we don't. Not just with Obama. We don't have any voice. It falls on deaf ears with Congress as well. They just don't want to hear what we have to say. And like I said, he got out in front of the people and God and everybody in front of the television Thursday and talked about how he was going to up security and take care of the United States and we don't have to be afraid, blah, 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 blah. Then turns right back around... And they announced the same day that they are going to release another 40 to 45 detainees from Guantanamo Bay. Gitmo, as it's known. Terrorist, He's going to send them back to the Middle East. These are the same people that if they were released today, they would find a way to kill us. He's going to let them go back to the Middle East. I guess he's been assured on the book, on the good book, the Bible? No. Maybe the Quran. Maybe he got him to swear on the Koran. Or maybe a Superman comic book. I don't know. Yeah, we won't uh You send us back to the Middle East. We won't bother Americans anymore. No. No, we won't. We won't bother them. I swear. I swear my camel's hump. No more de-terrorism. No more terrorism. I go back, eat your potties, eat goat eyes and curry... Leave Americans alone. Just let me go. Well, all right then. By God, I'm going to let you go. I believe what you're saying. And I don't want you showing up on that battlefield because you're really disappointing me, yeah? Oh, yeah. We won't go back there. No battlefield for us. You know, folks, how much do you really trust Obama? I'm I'm sure I, I already know the answer. I don't even want to ask the question. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen to this, okay?
6: And with groups like ISIL trying to radicalize people to violence, especially online, part of our meeting today focused on how we can continue to strengthen our partnership between law enforcement, high-tech leaders, communities, faith leaders, and citizens. But we've got to keep on building up trust and cooperation that helps communities inoculate themselves from uh, the kind of uh, propaganda that ISIL's spewing out, preventing their loved ones, especially young people, from succumbing to terrorist ideologies in the first place. (coughs) And finally, one of our greatest weapons against terrorism is our own strength and resilience as a people. That means staying vigilant. If you see something suspicious, say something to law enforcement. It also means staying united as one American family, remembering that our greatest allies in this fight are each other, Americans of all faiths and all backgrounds. And when Americans stand together, nothing can beat us. Most of all, we cannot give in to fear or change how we live our lives, because that's what terrorists want. That's the only leverage that they have. They can't defeat us on a battlefield, but they can lead us to change in ways that would undermine what this country is all about. And that's what we have to guard against. We have to remind ourselves that when we stay true to our values, nothing can beat us. So anyone trying to harm Americans need to know, uh, they need to know that we're strong and that we're resilient that we will not be terrorists. We've prevailed over much greater threats than this. We will prevail again. So I want to once again thank all of you at NCTC and every one of your home agencies across our entire government for your extraordinary service. I want every American to know, as you go about the holidays, as you travel and gather with family and the kids open their presents, and as you ring in the new year, that you've got dedicated patriots working around the clock all across the country to protect us all. Oftentimes they're doing so by sacrificing their own holidays and their own time with families. But they care about this deeply. And they're the best in the world. And for that, we're very grateful. Thank you, everybody. Happy holidays.
0: Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, no... Happy Holidays, yes. Did you read between the lines of what he was saying? Did you understand what he was really getting to? He was telling us, the American people, that he's got it covered. He was telling us, the American people, that you don't have to worry that Obama is on the game. Obama is there to protect you. The Congress is there to protect you. And then we should all stand together Because we can do anything we want as Americans. We can do anything we want. We can defeat anybody because we are Americans. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this man is so damn two-faced. He stands there and tells the American people how great we are. He stands there and tells us that we have the wherewithal to defeat anybody that we want that comes or rubs us wrong or comes against us. And he's going to be there to help us. And Congress is going to be there to help us. Just what has he done but draw a few red lines in the sand, then back down? Just what has Obama done, except run off to the Middle East at the beginning of his first term and apologize about we people being Americans, apologize about America and what we are, our culture, etc., what we stand for and then lecture us from the first day he walked into the Rainbow House, formerly the White House, lecture us and tell us that we have to accept his religion, and don't tell me it's not. We have to accept his religion, Islam. We have to accept Muslim people as just as much a part of America and the building of America and making America great as, say, our Irish or our black ancestors or our, our people from Europe. We've got to accept these Muslims. And now he's telling us, don't worry. Go out and do your Christmas shopping. Go out and do whatever you want. Because we're here on the spot. He's not anywhere on the spot. He was right about people that are patriots giving up their holiday to protect us. The military, the intelligence agencies. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just talking from experience now. Many of you who listen to my show know that I served 31 plus years, both in the military as a spook or an intelligence officer, whatever you want to call us. That's what we were called, spooks. Or as a civilian intelligence operative, a spook. And over that 31 plus years, I dare say, at the max, at the very max of the 31 plus years, I might have had three or four Christmases off. Maybe. Why? Because I was in some God-forsaken country somewhere in the Middle East, Peshawar, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Hindu Kush mountains, somewhere. Why y'all back here are celebrating Christmas, New Year's. I had no problem with that. I had no problem. That was part of my duties. To go where I was told to go and do what I was told to do as far as protecting the homeland, the motherland. But when it comes to Congress and it comes to Barack Hussein Obama Jr. and his minions, that's where it stops. They could give a rat's behind about we the people. They really could. And then he announces same day Thursday that they are going to let go 40 plus terrorist detainees at Guantanamo they're going to return them to the Middle East somewhere where they will come back to wherever country they go to and and uh, I, I I assume Obama thinks they're going to reassimilate as just a a, a camel riding currying goat-sized Japati eating middle Easterner and he will he will never ever any of them will never ever partake of terrorism again. But we know when they re-assimilate back to the Middle East, they will re many of them, as terrorist, Terrorist lieutenants. The trainer fellow Islamic terrorists. They will be welcomed back to the Middle East. Whatever country they their asses end up, they will be welcomed, uh, welcomed back as heroes. Obama knows that. Did you hear anything from Congress? Did you hear anything from Congress? from the left or the right. Hell no, you didn't. And one could surmise, after all the silence and all you hear is crickets from the Republicans and Republican leadership when it comes to anything Obama does, they don't raise their hand and say, wait a minute, we're not going to do that. It's going to be a cold day in hell before we let 40-some people back into the uh, Middle East. Nah, not a whimper, not a verb, not a, not a not 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 a sound. And I'm sure there's going to be some old come up here maybe in the next day or so that'll stand in front of the uh, TV and say, Well, I'll try my best to get that man up here in the white house to stop shipping those boys back to the Middle East that are terrorists, but it just wouldn't listen to me. You know, folks... When I read the stats a while ago where only 16% of Americans have any faith at all in Congress, I would venture to say that number is lower than that. But then on the other hand, when you look at the people who still back Obama, it's anywhere from 30 to 40%. It shows up in all the polls. They don't like Congress, but there's a 30 to 40% of Americans in the United States that still back Obama, still love Obama, still think he's doing a good job. These are the people that, they're, that are the undereducated, underinformed, misinformed, I don't give a damn Americans. And the 16% that don't back Congress, that runs the whole gambit. Informed, misinformed, I don't give a damn, none of them have any faith in Congress. Even the people with very little gray matter between their ears have come to the conclusion that Congress isn't worth a damn. Yet Congress continues to screw the American people. Continues to stick their finger in our eye. Continues to laugh at us. And when we get back after the break, we're going to be talking about one of the things that just ended up coming up for vote that is going to affect all of us affect our security affect our pocketbooks and purses our bank accounts our homes our cars everything that we have accumulated as families as americans worked hard to do so this is going to affect us all we'll be back after a few short messages and a rant from the Gary Gatehouse radio show or archives You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamerica.us. Tune in 24-7 to listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show.
7: Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged. Get on your knees in prayer and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org.
0: Well, I hope you folks are having a great day wherever you're at in God's big world. It's Monday. Back to the salt mines. Earn that dollar so you can take 75 cents of it and send it to D.C. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was talking to some uh, people over the weekend. We had some people in to sit down and watch some of the games on the television. Kick back, had a few, uh, oh, I don't know, snacks. Some of them brought their own brewskis, whatever. And we just sit back, watched a couple of games, and we got into political talk. It always happens. And we were talking about, in America today, who in the hell can you trust? Who can you trust in America today? Can you trust your neighbor? Can you trust your cops? Can you trust the local reverend down the road at the church? Can you trust your politicians? And we all come to the conclusion you can't trust anybody anymore. You've got to watch your back, and only the inner circle of your family and a few assorted friends can you trust. What has happened to America? That's what I've got. To, I've got to ask you all. What the hell has happened to this country? Well, hell, I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, here he goes again, talking about when he's a kid. Well, I remember when I was a kid coming home from school at noon. We all walked back to our houses at noon, if we wanted to, to have lunch, and then go back to school for the afternoon session. When we would fall out of the school, I had to walk about, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 blocks to my house. And all along the way, there would be uh, numerous little kids tagging along down the, highway, down the uh, sidewalk behind me or in front of me. And all along the way, the moms, the moms would be out in force, making dang sure nobody messed with us. Whatever, protecting us. And they would watch us until every kid got into his house. And then they would go in and, I don't know, fix uh, dinner for their little kid or whatever. But, you know, I remember sometimes there would be a little fight or something break out. And the moms would break it up. And they'd uh, take the kids and separate them tell them to get their butts on up to the house. Then they'd pick the phone up and call that kid's mom and say, Hey, little Billy got in a fight with little Charlie down here and knocked his tooth out. Whatever, you know. Today, if you've done that, you would go to jail. Who in the hell told you to involve, get involved with my kid if he wanted to fight? Who in the hell told you to call me? You know, that kind of thing. But in America today, like I said, we come to the conclusion over chips and dip and whatever, you can't afford to trust anybody anymore because you're going to get screwed. Uh, it's, it's, it's pathetic that this country has got to the point it's at. where where, like I said trust is non-existent and it's all within the inner circle of each individual to identify those who they can trust and depend on you know like I said many shows the United States of America was built on trust it was built on people who trusted each other had each other's back our founding fathers founded this country and the majority of people didn't want to take part in the revolution that's right the majority didn't. It was a minority that took this country away from England. It was a not minority who stood up to the king and said, we don't want any more taxation. You can go take a hike and started the revolution, which eventually formed the United States of America. The 13 colonies became the United States of America and expanded from there. And it couldn't have been done if those individuals who went and started the revolution, who got it all up, planted all out, could not trusted, could have not trusted each other. They uh, implicitly trusted each other, down with their lives. Can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. I would say the only place in American culture today where individuals can trust each other to a point of making sure they have each other's back, is the military. Is the military. And you know damn well Obama and his bunch up there in in D.C. are trying every freaking thing they can to undermine the trust, the tradition, etc., of our military. He's trying it on a daily basis. The only time he's around is when he wants a photo op because somebody's chasing his ass down the road for something he's done. The guy's a fake, he's a fraud. Just like hell, at least a quarter of Americans are today. Fakes, frauds don't live in reality. They make something of themselves they're not. They don't stand up for any principles. They don't have any principles. No morality, no nothing, no moral compass. They're just bouncing along, living from one reality show to another. That's America today. They don't even have a life. And you know, you, you, you sit down and you think about all the people that you have to deal with on a daily basis. You take your damn car in to have it fixed. You take it in to have the brakes fixed or whatever. And the guy comes down and says, well, that's going to be $195 for each wheel. And then we got to do this and do that. What are you going to do? You're going to say, screw you, you're trying to screw me. You just, most Americans today don't know. So they go along with whatever they're told. Sheeple. Especially when it comes out of Washington, D.C., especially when it comes out of Pravda West, ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN, and public broadcasting. All the propaganda machine of the Barack Hussein Obama regime and the Democrat Communist Party. That's all those news media folks are. They're nothing else. You can't believe a damn thing they say. Nothing. Zero. Nada. It's all spun. It's all propagandized. It's all misinformation, disinformation. And the American people, a lot of them, most of them, buy into it. Buy into it. And they wrap their brains around it and make that part of their daily life. What the media tells them. Well, it's, it's on TV, so by God, that must be the truth. They said Obama's going to do this, and was going to do that, so he he's going to do it. Where's my sword? I need to fall on it again. You know, Obama came out with this damn thing, these promise zones. Promise zones. Have you heard of them? He came out with them Thursday and he identified five promise zones that he was going to help them get back on the right track. he's going to do it through tax incentives and and grants to combat poverty through education. Increased access to housing and crime reduction. i want to ask you all you folks out there that buy into this crap. And oh, by the way, before I really get into kicking Obama's ass, those Promise Zones, the first ones, are San Antonio, Texas, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Los Angeles, California, Southeastern Kentucky, and the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. And all you folks that buy into this garbage, this political pablum that is puked out of the mouth of Obama and his left-wing minions on a daily basis, how many people out there, how many of you that buy into this understand what this is all about? These Promise Zones. 2014. Promise Zones. He's going to help you do this, and he's going going to help you do that. First of all, where do you think that freaking money's coming from? Is it coming from Obama's stash? You know the same stash that he goes out and buys you all that sit on your ass all day? Telephones and cell phones? You think it's going to come out of his stash? The same stash that... I don't know, he uses to fly off to Hawaii and party and leaves his wife over there for an extended visit. Obama's paying for all of that, right? Well you ignorant SOBs out there that think that's the truth, you need to get up. You need to get a freaking life. You probably don't pay any income tax anyway, and probably half of you probably don't even work. Probably three quarters of you don't. Hell probably none of you do. Obama has no stash. God, is that news to you? He has no stash. Congress has no stash. When was the last time you read anywhere that Congress had a business going where they were earning money and putting it back in the coffers of the United States of America? They don't earn any money. They do not earn one damn red cent. Obama does not earn or make one damn red cent on his own. We the people pay Obama's paycheck. We the people pay for Obama and Michelle to fly off to Hawaii or wherever on their little jaunts to have party like it's 1999 along with their entourages. We the people pay for it. Now that we've got that cleared up, who in the hell do you think the Congress gets its money from? Where do they get it? Have any idea? I know some of you know. Well, here's something that might enlighten you. They get it from you all. They get it from me. They get it from we the people. Oh, by the way, we the people that work. We the people that get off our duffs every morning or every night or whenever your work schedule is, get in our little truckster on our motorcycle or bicycle or walk or take the bus and go to work dutifully every day to earn the hard-earned dollar. That's where that money comes from. It don't grow on trees. And if it did, Congress would be the first one there to pick it off. The United States of America is ran by we the people's hard-earned sweat and toil every damn day. We pay for it. We pay for the streets. We pay for the streetlights. We pay for the airplanes that Obama flies around on. We pay for every damn thing that is in the public sector. The United States of American population pays for it out of the money they earn working. Working! And it's ripped out of our paychecks in the form of income tax, federal income tax whether it be every week or every two weeks or every month, however your income tax is set up, it is taken out of your paycheck and sent to Washington, D.C. And when it gets there, all the people in the House of Representatives and, and up here in the Senate, well, they're just chomping at the bit to spend it. It's not their money. They could care damn less where it goes. Let's just spend it. We can't survive on $1.3 trillion a year. We've got to borrow more money. We're going to spend all the taxpayers' money. Then we're going to borrow money from China or somewhere else to put the taxpayers deeper in debt. It's not our worry. We're just up here spending it. And oh, by the way, if we run out of money down the road like they have in the past, we'll just print some more. Just print some more worthless paper. You folks out there in the great flyover country. You folks down south. And yes, you folks on the east and west coast, you folks that are patriots, you folks that are hard working individuals, with supporting yourself or your girlfriend or your family and your kids. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I've talked about this over the fence, sitting at the kitchen table, sitting in a bar over a beer with you people for years. Don't you think it's about time we do something about Congress? Don't you think it's about time we throw every one of those SOBs out on their ass? They've sat up there and give us the finger and screwed us over for decades and we've sit back in our easy chairs and took it all in and not said a damn thing. Now along comes Obamacare and it's hitting Americans right between the eyes. I think it's about time America stood up and said this crap's not gonna go down anymore. Come 2014 bunch of you all are gonna be getting pink slips. We're through with you. We're going to replace you with some people that we, the people, want in office. That we, the people, have sit down and figured it out that these people we're sending up there this time are going to represent us. Not like you all up there now who represent nobody but yourselves and your so-called political careers.
3: Crazy baby!
0: Hey, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Secret Agent Man. I want all you dudes to do this to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Crazy man! Well, on the clock, it says it's time for the top of the hour news, and you were listening. Just that last cut was a. Gary Gatehouse Rant, a monologue from our archives from past shows way back in, oh, I don't know, 2013, whatever the date was. I didn't check. Every once in a while, I'll be playing one of those just to kind of remind you where Gary Gatehouse is coming from. We'll be back after the top of the hour news. You're
3: listening to the Gary Gatehouse Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-minute news break.
4: Please stand by.
7: News Radio, I'm Tom Graham, the friend of a radicalized Muslim California couple who's now facing charges. Investigators say he purchased the guns used in the San Bernardino attacks and used to make pipe bombs with Saeed Farouk.
3: Three years ago, Enrique Marquez was already on the path to radicalization. He was listening to the popular lectures by American Anwar al-Awlaki, the father of the digital jihad, who was killed in a CIA drone strike. The affidavit states that the pipe bombs were the signature of al-Qaeda in Yemen and its online propaganda magazine. Marquez is now accused of providing material support to terrorists, but not participating in the shooting.
7: Fox's Catherine Herridge there defunding Islamic State. The U.N. Security Council holding a meeting of finance ministers to separate the terror group from its cash. Depriving them of the funds that they need to recruit, train, Travel, equip, attack, and murder. Treasury Secretary Jack Lew participating. Keeping the lights on in Washington, Congress set the vote on a massive budget bill aimed at averting a government shutdown. The
1: House is expected to vote in the morning on a $1.1 $1. $1 trillion package that would fund the government through next September. Speaker Paul Ryan says there are some key
0: victories in the legislation. The spending bill had some big wins for the country. Whether it's lifting the oil export ban, increasing military spending, or renewing health care for the 9/11 first responders
7: on Capitol Hill. Mike Emanuel, Fox News. Democrats balking at the package. Defense Secretary Ash Carter and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton have something in common. They both use personal email to conduct official business. White House spokesman Josh Earnest is praising Carter's honesty.
2: He owned up to that mistake. Uh, he acknowledged that it was his alone, uh, and he acknowledged
7: that he has taken steps both to ensure that the. Uh, Information that was transmitted on his personal email has been properly archived on the government system. This is the FBI's investigating Hillary Clinton over whether she mishandled classified data. On Wall Street, stock futures are on the negative side overnight. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Real experience,
1: real insight.
3: We're following this explosive story.
1: Nothing gets by Greta. Then. this is all bs what was that all about there's no spin and no question o'reilly dominates plus smart sharp and cutting edge
3: it's the news of the day
7: but with a little heat
1: megan delivers and sean seals the deal with fearless talk what
7: part of that are you understanding
1: most watched most trusted fox news Channel. There's more to Fox News Radio than meets the year. Go behind the headlines and join the conversation on the hottest stories of the day on the Fox News Radio Facebook page. Be a part of the Fox News Radio Facebook fan community. Post comments and tell us your opinions. See behind-the-scenes photos and videos and post your reactions to the stories that matter to you. Click the like button on Facebook and connect with breaking news and features like Fox in the Fastlane. House call for help and more. Go to Facebook.com slash Fox News Radio.
7: A new study finds as many as 90% of cancer cases are caused by lifestyle.
2: Diet, alcohol, smoking, sunburns, viruses, pollution, and more. The main causes of cancer. According to a new study from the Stony Brook University Cancer Center, that's after a January study published in the journal Science appeared to show two-thirds of people who had the disease were victims of bad luck or chance mutations. The researchers in the Stony Brook study, noting at least nine other studies, have shown evidence against the bad luck hypothesis. They say theirs is the first to look at outside factors. The finding could significantly change how cancer is treated and prevented, but some argue the possibility of external factors causing cancer could cause a lot of fear. Lisa LaSera, Fox News.
7: The pharmaceutical company CEO turned pariah after he raised the cost of a life-saving pill for HIV patients from $13 to $700. is facing charges. Martin Scarelli accused of fraud over his time as a former hedge fund manager. these charges announced today describe a securities and
6: wire fraud trifecta of lies, deceit, and greed. As charged, Martin Scarelli targeted investors and retain their business by making several misrepresentations and omissions about key facts of the funds that he managed. The hedge fund, however, was essentially worthless.
7: Michael Harpster of the FBI announcing the charges. A federal food fight over what to call a condiment well, it appears to have been settled. The product Just Mayo gets to keep calling itself that in an agreement with the Food and Drug Administration. It sent a warning letter to the food company Hampton Creek in August warning the product was misbranded because mayonnaise has eggs. Just Mayo does not. It's vegan. The name, though, can stay as long as the label makes clear the product does not contain eggs. Chris Foster, Fox News. And some good news at the gas pump. AAA says the nationwide average for a gallon of regular is now just over the $2 mark, now nearly 15 cents in just a month. I'm Tom Graham, Fox News Radio. Don't it seem
0: like it's just heatin'? Welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday edition. Anything
4: goes. Find out it's too late, girl. You better get straight. No, you don't need kids to help you face the world each day. That road goes nowhere. I'm gonna help you find yourself.
0: Well, I guess you folks are all out there getting your kicks. It's Friday, you got the weekend to get your kicks. So gear up, fire up, let's go. better get straight, that's for sure. You know, ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all you conservatives out there, all you veterans, all you active duty folks, first responders, whatever the case may be. Congress and the budget. And I remember the Republican Party way back when saying, y'all just give us the House and we'll take care of business. Then it was, just give us the Senate and by God, this time we'll take care of business. So what business has the Republican Party taken care of? Can you tell me? Can you tell me? Here's a headline. A 2009 page budget well over a trillion dollars Republican spending deal. And it still is funding Planned Parenthood. Still planning up uh, funding those butcher shops. And they looked us right in the eye and they said, give us a house, give us a Senate, and we're going to take care of business. So help us, God. Now this 2009 page physical 2016 spending deal that the Republican House leadership released this uh, last Thursday authorizes well over a trillion dollars in federal outlays between now and the end of fiscal year 2016. And this is according to the Congressional Budget Office, or the CBO, as many know it. And it does not prohibit funding of Planned Parenthood. Now, this is according to the House Appropriations Committee. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I just seen another headline where the conservative segment of the conservative part... Our wing of the Republican Party gave their blessing to this budget including the funding of planned parenthood including the funding of planned parenthood Now this bill is paired with a separate bill of 238 pages a 233 238 page tax bill But they say we are maintaining all our pro-life protections, including the Hyde Amendment, and we are making cuts to the UNFPA program. House Speaker John Boehner Jr. said, oh, excuse me, Paul Ryan said of the omnibus spending bill at a press conference yesterday, Planned Parenthood is a nation's top abortion provider. In its latest annual report, 2013-2014, it said that it did 327,653 murders in the womb as a re- Republican leadership and a Democrat leadership and the left and all you people who are pro-abort like to call them abortions. But you know what? the people that supposed to represent the conservative side of the Republican Party, not a whimper from them. Not a whimper. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody said nothing. They all gave credence to this bill and said, pass it on through, give it to Obama, give him everything he wants. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Ryan, uh, uh, John Boehner Jr., he said, look in divided government, you don't get everything you want, he said at his press conference. Republicans didn't get all they wanted. Democrats didn't get all they wanted. This is a bipartisan compromise. It is a bicameral com- Compromise. And I understand that some people don't like some of the aspects of this, but that is the compromise that we have. And I do believe that we have bipartisan votes on both of these bills. Now in its analysis of HR 2029, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2016, the CBO said that changes in law that will be made by the bill will have the net effect of increasing the federal deficit by 57 plus billion dollars, from physical year 2016 to 2025. And we all know that is BS. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, with all the backroom deals, all the backslapping that the Democrats and the Republican leadership, and they call it bipartisan, bipartisan, it seems to me the political cartel, formerly known as Congress, got what they wanted, signed on to, and supported how they wanted to spend we, the people's money. But the bottom line is this. In the whole scheme of things, just what in the hell did the American people get out of all this? What did we get? Now, Patriots, it seems to me, the Republican leadership is now flying another of many white flags. They are giving up as usual. We are not stop stopping Planned Parenthood, so we are giving up the issue, fly the white flag. We have given up on Obamacare to replace it Fly the white flag. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the new flag or the new logo, if you will, of the Republican Party should be an elephant standing on its hind feet and its front feet holding two white flags waving them. We have damn sure given up on reducing the national debt. Fly the white flag. We know and finally admit to our constituents we are not going to defeat ISIS. We are flying the white flag. We have given up on defeating terrorism, Islamic terrorism. Fly the white flag. We will not go after Hillary Clinton. Fly the white flag. But we do promise our Republican supporters, you know those that say, I would vote for anyone except a Democrat. We must support the Republican Party at any cost. We Republicans and we Republican leadership, the RNC, we will go after and we will promise this. We will go after those outsiders that want to infringe on, want to upset the apple cart. You know, the people like Donald Trump, the most hated traitor in the Senate, Ted Cruz, and Ben Carson. We will put all our energy and efforts in destroying those men and their conservative constituents because, you see, they are a direct threat to the Republican Party and all that it represents. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the RNC, the Republican leadership, are directing all their energies, not behind all those things that we need to have done all those things that we need to have done to make our country great again. No, they're directing all their energies behind closed doors, of course, with the help of mainstream media to destroy those as they see as renegades who really do not represent, as they see it, We the people, Donald Cruz, Ted Cruz, and to some extent Ben Carson, are a direct threat to the Republican Party, to the RNC leadership. We who pay attention know this, and that is why we support these men. They are telling the truth, ladies and gentlemen. They are shining the light of truth. They are connecting with the American people. They are resonating with the American people. And the Republican Party and the RNC and the mainstream news media just can't stand that. We see it every day. We've see that. seen the thing with Bill O'Reilly the other day when he got into it with Donald Trump when he was out in a great big aircraft uh, hangar out in Arizona and he had thousands of people standing behind Donald Trump. And uh, Bill O'Reilly tried to push Donald Trump around and Donald Trump didn't have any of it. And when Donald Trump said anything he said, it resonated with that 2,000, 3,000 people, whatever it was in that huge hangar. Bill O'Reilly, he didn't know how to say or come off. He knew he had been had. Fox News, all of them, ladies and gentlemen. They're after Donald Trump. They're after Ted Cruz. You can see it. Brett Baer was after Ted Cruz, trying to nail him to the wall on some statement about illegal aliens. They're after Ted Cruz because they say he revealed classified information. How about Hillary Clinton? What are they going to do about her? 17 to 18 felonies hanging her over her head on divulging and uh, storing and having classified information on a server or servers she was not supposed to have. What are they going to do about her? I would bet you a dime to a dollar not a damn thing happens to her. This is Gary Gatehouse and we'll be back after a few short messages. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Getting After Lefty Show. would like to say howdy to all my mates over there in the U.K. Hope you're having a great day, whatever you're up to.
3: You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been A Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org. Hey,
0: this is Gary Gatehouse, and I'd like to give you a hot flash here. Trade Martin, that's right, Trade Martin, famous producer famous music writer now has his own radio show on sunday morning that's right big dog radio and you can get him on big dog radio blogtalkradio.com don't forget every sunday morning 9 30 eastern standard time now are you folks down here in texas getting geared up to hit your local watering hose tonight this weekend this song's for you all you folks down louisiana why, hell, you just party 24-7, don't you? Keep she on partying. Said,
4: well, I gotta go, gotta get out of here, gotta get out of town, tired of hanging around. I gotta roll on between the dishes. Just an ordinary story about the way things go round and around. Nobody knows but the highway goes on forever. That old highway. Lord, she never done had
0: got drunk, if she hadn't started running with a man, if she hadn't started taking those Hey, you folks up there in the Midwest, flyover country, up there in Oklahoma and Kansas and Missouri and Nebraska, I know you're all getting settled in for a cold-ass winter. Christmas is around the corner, and I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Keep, keep yourself warm. Keep tuned to the Gary Gatehouse radio show. We love all you up there where the wind blows and it's colder than a well digger's, you know what? What do you think of this song, Billy Bob? By God, I think this song is fantastic. I love this song, I really like it. Where'd you find that at, Gary? Well I found it on the internet.
4: Did oh, you have to buy that. get killed, get will Well I'll tell you what You know them boys, Billy Bob and Carl? They always
0: tell me that Gary Gatehouse plays some hell good music, and by God, I believe him. This is one hell of a song. Well, thank you, Rufus. I kind of like it myself. Really do kind of get your blood going, don't it? Yee-haw! Down in the bayou, Hunting them gators. goes 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 on forever. Forever. My God, I'm gonna play another song. This song's got me all riled up. Stand by. Now this guy thinks he's all suave and got his stuff all together. Have a listen to what he says. Go ahead on. Fine high on the hog. My baby
4: said I was crazy. My mama called me lazy. I was gonna show them all this time. Cause you know I ain't no fooling. I don't need no more schooling. I was born to just walk the line. Walking that line.
0: Living on Tulsa time. What time is it? It's Tulsa time. Living
4: on Tulsa
0: time. Tulsa time. You folks out there in Arizona, all you folks that tune in to the Rebooting Liberty Radio Network coming from a bunker somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona, owned and operated by a dude named Jared, he lives on Tulsa Time, I'm sure. <laughs>
4: I'm just
0: a waste of time Hey, you dudes over in the UK You live on Tulsa time? Or is that GMT time? I had no business leaving And nobody would be grieving If I went on back I got news for all you Muslims You're living on borrowed time All you Islamic terrorist Jihadist slime balls That's right, you're living on borrowed time. Yeah, it's Friday. It's time uh, for the weekend in the Western world. Weekend in South Texas. All you folks in Nacogdoches, suit up. Get your u Corvette's, and Ferraris polished up. It's time to hit the watering holes. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, we talk a lot about political correctness. And we talk about a lot about how it affects every minute thing that we do here in this country, here well, in the Western world. How we are governed by political correctness. A lot of us think that we are. A lot of us think that we can only say what people dictate that we can say because if we do go outside the confines of political correctness, we're going to offend somebody. We're going to make somebody cry. We're going to make somebody mad. We're going to make this one do this. But, you know, we talk about political correctness. Well, where did political correctness come from? How did it get started? First Amendment, freedom of speech, political correctness. Is it a government-taught ideology in academia? Patriots, we all should be asking, just what in the hell is political correctness? How did it get started? Who started it? And who is behind all of it? But, you know, here in America today, the victim... Feminism, gay rights, the gay rights movement, the invented statistics, the rewritten history, the lies, the demands, all the rest of it, where does it come from? For the first time in our history, Americans had to be fearful of what they say, of what they write, and what they think, except Gary Hagatehouse, I don't give a damn. But I'll carry on. They have to be afraid of using the wrong word, a word denounced as offensive or insensitive or racist or sexist or homophobic or Islamophobic, on and on and on. How many times have you heard somebody on the radio or on television say, well, I can't say that? Why can't you? Haven't you heard of the First Amendment? But you know we have seen in other countries, particularly in this country, or in this century, where this has been the case. And we have always regarded them with a mixture of pity, and to be truthful, some amusement, because it has struck us as so strange that people would allow a situation to develop where they would be afraid of what words they used. But we now have this situation in the United States of by God America. We have it primarily on college campuses, but it is spreading throughout the whole society. Where does it come from? What is it? Just what in the hell is political correctness? We call it political correctness. The name originated as something of a joke, literally in a comic strip. And we tend to still think of it as only half serious. In fact, it's dead serious. It is a great disease of our century. The disease that has left tens of millions of people dead in Europe, in Russia, in China, indeed around the world. It is the disease of ideology. PC is not funny. PC, ladies and gentlemen, is deadly serious. Now, if we look at it analytically, if we step back and look at it analytically, if we look at it historically, we quickly find out exactly what it is, what PC is. Political correctness is cultural Marxism. It is Marxism translated from economic into cultural terms. It is an effort that goes way back, way back to World War I. Not in the 60s, they picked it up, the hippies grabbed onto it, but it goes way back to World War I. If we compare the basic tenets of political correctness with classical Marxism, the parallels are very obvious to those of us who pay attention. First of all, both are totalitarian ideologies. The totalitarian nature of political correctness is revealed nowhere more clearly than on college campuses, many which at this point are small, ivy-covered North Koreas where the student or the faculty member who dares to cross any of the lines set up by the gender feminist or the homosexual rights activist or the local black or Hispanic group or any other group group, sainted victims, Muslim, Islam, etc., groups that PC revolves around, quickly find themselves in judicial trouble. Within the small legal system of the colleges, they face formal charges, some star-chamber proceeding and and punishment. That is a little look into the future that political correctness intends for the whole nation, our nation, our motherland as a whole. But you know, indeed, all the ideologies are totalitarian, like I said. But because the essence of an ideology, I would note that conservatism, correctly understood, is not an ideology. It is to take some philosophy and say, on the basis of this philosophy, certain things must be true. Have you caught up with me yet on this? But you know, in conservatism, such as the whole of the history of our culture is the history of the oppression of women. Since reality contradicts that reality must be forbidden, it must be become forbidden to acknowledge the reality of our history. People must be forced to live as a lie. And since people are naturally reluctant to live a lie, they naturally use their ears and eyes to look out and say, wait a minute here, this isn't true. I can see it isn't true. The power of the state must be put behind the, the demand to live, to live a lie. This is why ideology invariably creates a totalitarian state that, ladies and gentlemen, America is sliding into. The cultural Marxism of political correctness Like economic Marxism has a single factor explanation of its history. Economic Marxism says that all history is determined by ownership of means of production. Cultural Marxism or political correctness says that all history is determined by power by which groups defined in terms of race, sex, etc. have power over which other groups. Nothing else matters. All literature indeed is about that. Everything in the past is about that one thing. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, we can go on and on and on and talk about all the things about Marxism and how it got and political correctness and how it got its start. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there now that are reaching over to turn me off. I don't want to hear any more about Marxism or or uh, communism or any of that stuff that comes out of the Gary Gatehouse radio show. I don't want to hear it. Well, you don't want to know the truth about where political correctness came from, who's pushing it, who owns it, What it's used for, political correctness in the United States of America today is used as a tool. A tool to beat conservatism over the head with. It's used as a tool to beat any group or any concern over the head with that refuses to buy into it or refuses to buy into Islam, or refuses to buy into homosexuality, or refuses to buy into anything that goes against or rubs against what we the people as Christians sign on to as our moral compass, our moral lives. If we don't sign into what political correctness says we should, we are on the outside looking in. We are a bunch of idiots, a bunch of adults, that have to be attacked 24-7 by the media, by the left, etc., We know that. We see it every day, don't we? But you know, radical feminism, the women's studies department, the gay studies department, the black studies department, all these things are branches of critical theory, all parts of uh, political correctness, all on the campuses of every one of our colleges here in the United States, all running around rampant on the colleges in all Western civilization. And they're teaching everything is that is wrong with America, wrong with Europe, is because we conservatives, we people with a moral compass, we Christians stand up for what we know is right, and political correctness does not stand for any of that stuff. Because you see, in the bottom line, if you're uh, online with political correctness, you are always a victim. Always a victim of something. Now we can go on and on, like I say. We, we could talk for months, years, days, hours about political correctness. Political correctness, part of the left's ideology, owned and operated, promoted by the communist Marxist left in our Western culture, taught in our schools as the gospel of freedom, of speech, of defining, defining it to those who do not speak the political correct truth as they see it, or the language Academia, curriculums, media, all march to the gospel and preach the gospel of political correctness each and every day. We can look at America, and we can say in America, what's in today as far as political correctness? What is right with the political correctness crowd? Well, homosexuality, transsexuals, abortionists, murder in the womb, propaganda, the new truth, mainstream media, propaganda arm of the left, white privilege, a big hit on college campuses, preaching against the white race. What's uh, what's out in America? What is things that political correctness says don't count anymore, should not account because it's not in line with their way of looking at anything politically correct? The straight white male is at the top of the list. The straight white male is not politically correct for the most part. We sign on to our guns and Bibles. We should be destroyed. First and Second Amendments. They're not in with the politically correct. Christianity, it is nowhere on the radar screen of the politically correct. The traditional American family, the politically correct, the homosexual movement, the left uh, of the government and the left of the whole American scene is trying to destroy the traditional American family. Truth, that doesn't even resonate with the politically correct. Respect, they don't even know how to spell it. Honor, why should they honor anything? And they don't. These are the things that the left test and goes after at every opportunity. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, we could put this all under one superheading, political correctness. Political correctness is destroying America. It's destroying our children. It's destroying our religion. It's destroying the American family. It's destroying everything America stands for. That is good. The new America is built, its foundation is built on political correctness. The next time you hear somebody on TV or the next time you hear somebody in a, uh, oh, I don't know, a crowd of people that you're sitting around talking with and they say, oh, I'd like to say this, but I can't. Ask them why they can't say it. Ask them why they can't use that word or that sentence or they can't recite a paragraph or a prayer or something. Ask them why. Why? Tell them what is it that says, where is it written that says you cannot say this? You know, America has always taken pride in itself have exercising all the freedoms that God gave us and laid out by our forefathers in the Constitution. All the freedoms that we exercise every day. But in certain areas of the United States, in certain groups of people, You cannot, or they say you cannot, speak your mind unless it jives with what they believe in. If you bring up homosexuality, the black race, the white race, Asian race, whatever, you cannot speak it in in terms that you would like to speak and how you feel about all this stuff. No, it's got to jive with the way they think, political correctness. And don't you say one bad word about Islam, Muslims. Don't you ever say anything about those folks. Just ask Barack Hussein Obama Jr. and his whole cabinet. Just ask all the politicians and the media. They shy away from talking and telling the truth to the American people about Islam and Muslims and the Quran and that phony religion. Why? Political correctness. The Muslims know we are hamstrung by political correctness. They know the Western culture is and they are using it to their advantage. Wake the hell up, America. Wake the hell up, America. You're being used and abused by not only your government, but factions within this country, in, in uh, Europe, Islam, Muslims, and any other damn phony organization out there that wants to dictate to you how they think and how things should be. And when you speak up, they say, no, no, you can't be saying that. That would hurt us. That would hurt our feelings. The next time somebody tells you something like that, tell them to go jump in a lake. Tell them to go to hell. There's a First Amendment here in the United States. And that First Amendment says, I have the right to speak my mind. And if you don't like it, plug your ears up or leave. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got. If you're well up in Lubbock or down in Lombok, you gotta
1: conserve water, keep the air clean. Take care of Texas, don't you know what I mean, y'all? Kevin Fowler here. Texans take great pride in keeping our air clean. Visit TakeCareOfTexas.org and take the pledge to help keep it that way. We'll send you a free Texas State Park Guide. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got.
6: Sponsored by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality.
4: Hey, this is Tex Officer down here in Texas. When I'm not rocking the house, I like to listen to Gary Gatehouse. Gary is exposing the liberal socialist agenda. He is kicking liberals' asses and taking names. You keep it up, Gary. We're growing like a big old army.
0: Yeah, political correctness. Something's a big old thorn, a big old burr under my saddle, that's for sure. I'm sure it is yours as well. All you folks over in Europe, all you folks in the UK and England, I I know political correctness has kind of uh, got you by the throat as well. Seems like Muslims over there are just kind of dictating to y'all's leaders over there just what they can and can't do. I don't know what you folks are going to do, but I send prayers out your way every day. God bless every one of you that are standing up to this. It's crazy. You know, you stop and think about it. You go back to the late 1920s, early 30s when Hitler was rising to power in Germany. And you think about all the things that he told the uh, German people on his ascension into power and forming the Third Reich. And all the things he told them about what the German people are, what they shouldn't, uh, what they aren't, what they should achieve, what they uh, should work very hard to achieve, and the things that they can say and the things they can't say, the things that you, if you talk about your neighbor, you talk about Hitler, you talk about anybody in his government, somebody around you, some neighbor or somebody else is going to hear you making politically incorrect statements or words, and you might find your ass riding a boxcar to some concentration camp or lined up against the wall and shot. That's what political correctness, that's how it starts. And it snowballs, and we we who have studied history, we who know about history, the real history, not what the politically correct National Education Association and academia have academia have put together as curriculums for our kids. When it comes, hell, they don't even talk about it or teach history anymore. Not real history. It's all been injected and massaged and spun into what they want it to be. If there wasn't a woman involved in a battle and where the rough riders were or whatever, they put a woman in there. They find a woman and put her name in there, or whatever the case may be. History today is our kids who do learn about history, they don't know anything about it. I was talking to my granddaughter here a while back. I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I asked her. I said, "What have you learned about Vietnam?" She said, "Not much." Just It was a war back in the back in the 60s and 70s. That's it. I said, do you know where Vietnam is? No, I don't know where Vietnam is at. Do you know what kind of people live there? She said, Vietnamese, I guess. I said, yeah, do you know what race they're from? No. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you take the time to talk to your kids and you start asking them pointed questions about the past, the past, the history of our country. I bet you a dime to a dollar, most of them cannot answer even the most simple questions that you pose to them about history of the United States. Just as an exercise, sit down and ask your kids today that are, I don't know, 8th graders, ninth graders, whatever, what are the three parts of the government Name me the three distinct parts of the federal government, the government of the United States, and tell me, is it a democracy or is it a republic? Ask that to them. See what they say. See if they tell you the judicial, the executive branches of the government. See if they tell you that it's a republic. See if they tell you that they know everything there is about the government, how it operates. I bet they can't. I bet they can't. Because you know, you had the judicial, the legislative, and the executive branches of the government. Three distinct parts of the government that work through checks and balances. That's the way it was always designed, that was the way it was designed from the get go. But it doesn't work that way anymore. You look at our leaders. You look at Paul Ryan. You look at any of them. They're all politically correct. They are scared to death to say anything outside the confines of what politically correctness dictates for them or to them. Scared to death. You watch the media. Scared to death to speak up about anything that's out the outside the confines of politically correct or co- politically correctness. You cannot say anything. You cannot speak your own mind when they say that. I can't say that. I'll, I'll lose my job. I can't say that. Uh, I'll, people won't vote me in the next time. Go back to Hitler. Go back before World War Two. Go back to Germany. Go back to any country that was ran or taken over by a dictator, a tyrant, Political correctness, you'll see, will be there. That's where they always start. That's where it always starts. It's in our country. It's blinded us. It's deafened us. It's put tape over our mouth. It's made us mute. When you look at political correctness in America today, when you observe it from, I don't know, from your seat watching television, or watching other people talk, or listen to other people talk, football games that can't say uh, a prayer on the football field before a game or after a game, a commencement exercise where a prayer can't be said, just a small prayer, can't even sing religious songs at Christmas, Xmas. Little town of Bethlehem, etc. Oh no, you can't do that. You can't even put up a Christmas tree because that is a sign. That's a a sign of Christianity. You can't do that. That might offend that, that one Muslim kid down there in the school or those 10 Muslim kids or those three Buddhists. Who gives a damn? They came to our country knowing that this is a Christian country. But they expect us to change to accommodate their way of life, their ideology, the way they think and look at things, and political correctness they know will be on their side every damn time because it's got the people of America, the majority of tongue-tied, blinded, They don't know what's good, what's bad. They don't know what's true, what's not true. All they know is they can only say certain things. They can't say other things. They can't write certain things. Back to Hitler again. Back to Germany again. You know, America, speaking as an individual, and I think I can speak for millions of people like me, that went off the war... We were sent there by our federal government, by a majority vote, to go to whatever war we were sent. World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam, Desert Storm, the war on Iraq, war on terror. The majority of the Senate, the majority of the House of Representatives, with the blessing of the President, off the war you go. Or the president under executive order or whatever the case may be says no I'm sending some troops out on the commander in chief I'm going to send this amount out. Off we went. And we did our duty. And we fought for our country as we were told that's what we were doing. And here's your duties. You were trained to do this. You were an 11 bang bang rifleman. You were an aircraft mechanic. Whatever the case may be. You were doing this to protect the homeland. And we did our duty, or or we are doing our duty, young men and women. But you know what's really sad about military today and the people who are doing their duty? Now, there's only certain things. The military is a different way of life than civilian life. And I remember when I went in, and it was in the very early 60s, and our D.I. lined us up and told us from this day forward, I'm your mother and your father. You say what I say you can say. You keep your mouth shut until I tell you you can talk. And back then they could grab you by the shirt and pull you up close. They could call you every name in the book. It was all to, to, to get the civilian out of you and put the military in you. The bottom line to follow orders at the snap of a finger. That's what that was all about. Today, honest to God, today, if a country really wanted to defeat us country, and let's remove the military from the equation, and me and my brother was talking about this earlier today, and we kind of laughed about it, but it's the truth. You know what China, or you know what Russia would have to do today to defeat America if the military was not around we took them out of the equation you know what they'd have to do they would have they would walk into our country and they would make an announcement you might think this is funny you might think this is crazy but think about it they would make an announcement on television and it would go something like this there will be no more professional football there will be no more professional sports there will be no more two hundred and fifty channels of television. There will be one. There will be no cell phones. If you're caught with a cell phone, you'll be put to death immediately. That right there will would the people in the United States would fall in a heap of goo. They wouldn't know what to do without your cell phones. There're two hundred and fifty channels of TV, and they're professional sports. What am I supposed to do now? I can't. I can't text. I can't text anybody. I don't. I, I just don't know what to do.
4: My God, what can I do?
0: You know, Gary Gainhouse is old school. I have a cell phone. It's a flip kite, and all that function on that cell phone is I can talk to somebody, or they can talk to me. That is it. It don't take pictures. It doesn't text. How many times a year do I use it? Maybe ten. I don't walk around with that thing glued to my ear. I use it for emergency only. In case of a car wreck, a flat tire, or something like that. Or if I really need to get a hold of somebody, my wife or somebody at home. When I'm on the road. That's it. If I want to talk to somebody, I talk to them verbally. Now we, in America today, we are so baby, so cuddled, so coddled, that I swear to God, that one, less than 1% that protect this country, and I, I know you all know that, don't you? That less than 1% of the population of America serves in the military. Less than 1%. What's the other 99.9% doing Bumper stickers on their car. We support the troops. Texting back and forth about who's screwing who on television or did you see that reality show the other night or what kind of shoes are you are you wearing today? Here's a picture of what I'm eating right now. That's how pathetic America's got. And believe me, it's pathetic. But it's not just America. It's all the Western culture. Technology has destroyed us in some arenas. We in America I don't know about you people across the pond in Europe, but here in America, there are people who recognize that the technology that we have today has afforded us the opportunity to educate educate ourselves beyond any person that ever existed. 100 years ago, 200 years ago. At our fingertips, we have anything that we want to know about anything. Just type it in on a keyboard. We have the opportunities to study history, to study every aspect of human life, whatever we want to study and educate ourselves on. But yes, the average American don't know too much. Don't know too much at all. When it comes to the history of their country, the history of the human race, the history of the world, the universe. They don't know too much at all about any of that. But they know a damn lot about the Kardashians, reality shows, how many points the Spurs ran up on the Lakers the other day. They know all about that stuff. But when you ask them about the country they live in, born and raised in, they don't know too much. They don't know too much. When you ask them about, how about the freedom of speech, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, do you know anything about the Second Amendment? Well, I don't even know what the Second Amendment is. You know, folks, what I'm getting at is America, and I would assume Europe as well, were being taken advantage of. These people that come from the Middle East, these Muslims, practicers of Islam, the Quran, they've been told from the time they've been born until their adulthood, until the time they die, and it's all cut and dry. It's laid out in the Quran. what they can say, what they can do, what they can wear, what they can't wear where they can go, who they can marry, who they can't marry, when they can marry them, when they can't marry them, how many wives they can beat, who can, who they can beat, uh, you name it. It's all laid down in the Quran. And they come to Europe, or they come to America, un- unadvited, of course, except by our governments, and they look around, and they see these Americans walking down the street with their heads in their cell phones, t- pecking on the little keyboards, or they see all this porn and all this other stuff on the on the internet and on television, and and they look at it and they say, yep, ain't going to be too long. We're going to be running this country. We know we can come here and we can study all the ins and outs of their constitution and we know everything about, we can educate ourselves and know everything about this country, its history, etc., And we can play on it. We can use it against these Americans or these Europeans. The same people that built these crunchies that don't know anything about the land they occupy or how it was built or the construction of its government, etc. We've got them. And you know what? They're right. We can sit here and blow smoke all day. About how we're going to kick their butts. And how we're going to run them out of dodge. Oh yeah, there's going to be some of us. Us people, us patriots that still pay attention. But we're in a minority. We're not in a majority, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fool yourself. When push comes to shove and you know what hits the fan. You're going to see a whole lot of people as you're running towards the action you're going to see an overwhelming amount running the other way this is gary gatehouse and we'll be right back
4: well looky here a new listener hey this ain't your little sister's radio station
0: this is gary gatehouse make sure you tune in to restoration radio international weekends to listen to the gary gatehouse radio shows back to back wow You know, folks, we're getting close to the uh, end of the show for Friday, and I just hope uh, you all have a fantastic weekend. I hope you take care of yourselves, be safe. You know, uh, Christmas is just around the corner, and uh, traditionally here at my house, we usually don't put the tree up, now that all our children's moved away, we usually don't put the tree up to about, oh, I don't know, about a week or week and a half before Christmas, and then we put all the presents out and, uh, and uh, get ready for the uh, onslaught of, uh, <laughs> of the grandkids and so what that are going to uh, you know come through the house like a storm. And my wife's going to be in there cooking all the cookies and, and all the breads and all the cakes and all the pies and all the homemade noodles and the turkey. It's, it's just a fantastic time here in America and in Europe. I remember, I'm going to kind of drift back a little bit. And talk about Christmas when I lived in Great Britain. I just loved to celebrate Christmas over there. It was fantastic. And all the pubs were so decorated down, and all the people were so jovial and so so nice. And it was nice to go into a pub and sit down with a warm fire and sit there and have a pint or two and talk to your mates. And It was just a nice feeling. It was just completely different than how we celebrated here. I remember one year in particular... Uh, I had already left England. Like I said, I served the majority of the, of the 70s there in England and went back to headquarters on the East Coast. And I was sent over there many times in the 80s on business. It this so happened one time when I was sent to England. I was sent to northern England to a place up there where we were doing some business. And uh, some of my mates up there, both British and Americans, said, Hey, Gary, let's... Uh, Let's go to the pub and have a couple of pints and just kind of sit around and talk about old times. This was about four days before Christmas. I was away from home, away from my family back in Maryland. And uh, we went to this pub. It was a, kind of a long journey down through the, through the back, uh, through the hills of uh, northern England. And we ended up at this pub down by this river. This river was running by. This Just a fantastic setting, if you will. And we went into this pub, and at one end of the pub was this huge, huge fireplace. And yes, there was a dog laying there by the fireplace. I'll never forget this. And it was a a surprise uh, party for me. Some of my mates that I had worked with down in the London area had moved on and been reassigned up north. And they were all there, and I didn't know they were going to be there. And it was just a fantastic time. And we sat around this big, long table, and the innkeeper would come over and keep our beers, our pints filled. And we had the most fantastic dinner there. And we just sat around and talked. It was uh, just, uh, uh, just a beautiful setting. It was a fairy book type setting that you would read about in Christmases past in, in London and so on. And uh, I, I kind of drift back there every once in a while. And I remember how England was. I remember how London was. I remember all the people walking the streets, scurrying around. And, and uh, I was part of it. I was part of all of that. For the better part of 10 years. And I loved every bit of it. And uh, it's one of the mainstays. One of the biggest memories. In my whole adult life. That stays in my mind. Just like a video. That I can pull it up and play it. Anytime I like. And I would like to say a very special message. To the people of England. To the United Kingdom. Great Britain. You individuals over there have long forgot about Gary Gatehouse. I, uh, I have friends, I assume, that are still alive over there. And uh, they've went on their married way. They've went on their business and continued on. I, I still remember a lot of your names. I'm not going to mention them. But I would just like to say to all of you that live in England, in the United Kingdom, Great Britain, whether it be in England or uh, up in Scotland or Ireland or wherever, you are the most appreciated people by me, Gary Gatehouse. I love you all. I love your country. I love your tenacity. I love your way of looking at things. I love your stiff upper lip, if you will. I love all every aspect there is about England, your history. Because you see, some of my ancestors came from England, came from Ireland, came from Scotland. Our ties, my ties to you, are ties all the way down to my DNA. And so are my family. So are my children. My children loved England. And someday, I hope before I take my last breath, I'm able to revisit England. I know it's not going to be the same My mate over there, Stephen Lang, has told me many times over that, Gary, you would not recognize England today from where you've seen it back in the 70s and 80s. I realize that. And it makes me sad to know that. And it also makes me sad to know that the English people are being messed over so bad by their government. Messed over so bad by putting them out on the street and paying attention to those who could care less About English tradition, history of England, where it came from, what it stands for, all the ups and downs that English people have had over the centuries, all the influence that they have put on the rest of the world, including my country, the United States. One must remember the original founders of my country, the United States, for the most part, were English. They came here and founded America. And all I can say is to all of you folks in England, and I meet it from the bottom of my heart, I love every one of you. I love your country. And God bless you. God bless your country. Merry Christmas to every one of you. Happy New Year to every one of you. And God, I pray that your country, along with mine and Europe, finally wake up to the fact that we are the greatest culture on the face of the earth Ever. Europe and America. And there are so many who are trying to destroy it. Our own kind who are trying to destroy it. Who have never been taught everything about their countries. And it makes me very, very sad to know this. Again, Merry Christmas to all of you over there. Merry Christmas, Stephen Lang. Merry Christmas to you and yours and your family. God bless you for all that you do. This is Gary Gatehouse from the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday edition, anything goes. Wishing you all a great weekend. God bless you. God bless your families. Take care. Be safe. And I'll be talking to you Monday. And oh, by the way, before I go, Wednesday of next week will be my last show until after the first of the year. And the best of Gary Gatehouse will be playing up until then. Until Monday, this is Gary Gatehouse saying, Good day.